Welcome back in to the Tim McAuliffe studio here at Sportsnet. Someone that knows this studio real well is about to join us. But first and foremost, we are live on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. And this hour, as always, brought to you by Bet365. Kent Reed, should we switch seats? Because I'm not comfortable talking to you. As the host? On this side. That's fun. I'm looking for my trophy. I can't find my trophy in here anywhere. Did rumor is it pitch it? Rumor is it's in the wardrobe you, room. You, I don't know. Do you not know the like when you hit a certain age, mm-hmm. you, you throw them out? <laughs> yeah, but you've won actual trophies, right? When you win the Picto Golf and Country Club Juvenile Championship, and net? it's one of... N- 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 <laughs> Gross, baby. I'm not saying how big the field was. You hang on to that thing. You do, eh? Yeah, yeah. Just to bring I mean, back those floods of memories. Like, you're so much cooler than I. I have a Picto Golf and Country Club Juvenile Championship trophy. You have a mini Stanley Cup, probably. You probably <laughs> do. don't even know where that is. Like, you know, that that's much better than what I have. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. It's... I know exactly where <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, I don't it's, know where the juvenile championship is. It's not lost. Well, we appreciate you joining us today. And I don't know if I can face this to the camera. We wanted to start by uh, saying congratulations Thank you. on Hometown Hockey Heroes. Uh, beautiful book here. And uh, super excited to read it. We, we were just before we came on, we were talking about basically w- w- what is it? Yeah. What is it? So, but, book number two, before we get into that, book number two, your first it. one was on the hockey cards. Seven. Book seven, which is why Stephen Brunt was seven. his book best seven. book yet. Come on. A few fell by the oh, way. So, so Stephen Brunt on the front says the first six sucked, but no. this one's the best <laughs> one yet. He said his best book yet. Oh, like it's okay. climbing. All right. Climbing. Okay. By the way, if you guys, for people watching on TV or listening on the radio, they, growing up, if they saw it, I'm going to watch three authors on TV one day. Do you think they'd pitch us three donkeys? <laughs> this is probably not the gathering of Really minds. good point. Yeah, at least you have a blazer. You have glasses. I'm wearing a Junior C Championship hockey jacket from 1985. Okay. The and, and, yeah. and that jacket has a lot to do with what's uh, on print in your book. Just mm-hmm. give us the gist of what we're reading here. The gist of the book is this. Me, like a lot of Canadians, grew up a long way from the National Hockey League. I couldn't just run into Maple Leaf Gardens or run down to the Montreal Forum. We saw one game on TV a week. So my real hockey heroes that I can see in person were the Picto Mariners, Junior C champs, four years in a row, Woo. 82, 83 to 85, 86. And my hero on the team was Teapot. Now, I know I've told you, Forney, about Teapot Love before. It. Love the Teapot story. Softest hands east of Montreal, they used to say, Kipper. Yeah. If you needed a goal, T got it. Dad said, that's a money player, son. <laughs> T's the best fisherman in town. He wins the lobster banding championship at the Carnival every year. He wins the golf championship, the darts championship. The pool championship still snipes whenever he plays. Doesn't play so much anymore because there's no scoreboards in Shinny. He, he only <laughs> plays when there's a board up. My hockey hero was Teapot. And in a lot of small towns, they go, well, he would have made her a fist or that. And I twisted around and said, well, maybe he did make it. T did make it because he was my, like, he was the Gretzky I could see in person. And I threw it out there on Twitter. Do you have a hometown legend like this? And I was just flooded with responses from all over the country so I went out and I did stories on local legends who made huge impacts on people in the game of hockey, even though they think they didn't make it big, they still kind of did. So I just kind of twisted the, twisted it around a little and, and got a book out of it. Now, is, is, uh, are there quotes, are there stories yep. out of them in the book as well? Yeah, the, the story starts with Teapot, um, just me kind of recoll- recollecting my childhood, going to, watch, going to watch the Mariners. If I had this jacket in 1985, I'd have been pumped. It's my buddy... You see, Whose jacket is it? The trainer, my buddy Troy, 
who lived across the street from me, okay? Troy was about four years older than me. Is he looking me. for his jacket right now? No. So I'll give you the story on the jacket. Can so, you button it up? Sorry. No, can't button it up. <laughs> so Troy was the trainer, okay? He was 14 years old. As you can imagine, guys, junior sea hockey in rural Nova Scotia in the 84-85 season could skew a little to the violent side, okay? Yeah. I don't know what Troy had for medical training. I'm thinking it could have been the use, first use of medicinal cannabis. Um, it <laughs> might even have this beer that we found in the stands. But Troy found this when he was cleaning out his dad ravishing Ron Reed's basement. He was going to throw it out. My buddy Craig saw it, and he's like, well, you got to give that to Kenny Reed. So I, the boy shipped the jacket up, and I'm like, the timing's perfect because I'm doing a book on, on the Mariners and on T. So the, the story starts up with, with me just going to the Hector Arena in 1984-85, a dollar to get in, 50 cents for a program, two packs of peachy hockey cards, even more the sure for you guys. And you'd pat the Mariners on the back as they came to the ice. The classic smoke-filled arena, stinking of rink fries and just watching my hockey heroes. And these guys and Teapot didn't know, but when I was a little 10-year-old cheering for them, it stuck with me. And, and it's still with me. And I'm four decades later, it's, it's still with me. And, and the same goes for a lot of guys in this book who watched their hockey heroes, whether it was in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, or Waterford, Nova Scotia, Brampton, Ontario, or, you know, Trail, B.C. So how, how did more uh, Teapot stories... Yeah. Uh, happened for you did uh, people call you they text you did you send out a note saying give me your stories yeah i put it out on twitter and most of these guys you can't research on hockey db right yeah. so if someone wrote to me about say um pinky gallant in uh nova in pei everyone has to have a nickname exactly out east, huh? pinky gallant well i'd call the guy that wrote to me about pinky gallant and tell me about pinky gallant oh pinky gallant played junior a in Somerset. you know who stick boy was it was gerard gallant so then I get a hold of Turk, and Turk tells me, oh, yeah, when, back in the day on Sunday afternoons, you went to Cal Stadium in Summerside. Gerard was the stick. So stick boys Gerard Gallant watches Pinky Gallant fight Stevie Gallant every Sunday. None of the Gallants are related. And Pinky becomes this junior and senior hockey star in, uh, in Sprints, Edward Island. And now his sons, Alex and Brett, are top guys in the American League. We all saw that scrap Alex had a couple weeks ago for the mm-hmm. Calgary Wranglers. So Alex wow, is, was a doozy. Boy. Yeah. So Alex is actually in the book too. Tell me about his dad, Pinky, because Pinky would stay up all night watching the AHL games on the East Coast, on the West Coast. And it was funny when when Alex switched left at the end of that fight yeah. there a couple weeks ago. I laughed because in the book, Alex tells me that Pinky would always get mad when his son would switch left. He'd say, "Why would you switch left?" And Alex would go, "Well, I'm bored." <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty comfortable in a fight. Yeah, we're joined with Ken Reed, host of uh, Sportsnet Central, and of course the author of the all-new Hometown Hockey Heroes. So, Ken, when it's early in my career, and you know you're out for dinner at the bar, you know you got some guy coming up to you and say, "Yeah, I could have made it, but I, sure. I had an injury," and you're like, yeah. "Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that." Yeah. yeah. And then ten years later, when you've had a hundred of these stories every year, like, you roll your eyes and yep. go, "Yeah, whatever, buddy." Yeah. Are there you? You got some stories where you know a guy legitimately got hurt, or else he, for sure yeah. this guy would have made it. There's guy I can't guarantee they would have made yeah. it, but there's guys in here who legitimately got hurt. Yeah, yeah, but none of them. What I found with these guys, not everybody in the book was at that level where they could have made it. Like Teapot was just happy to play junior C. Yeah. There's guys in it who were just happy to play junior senior in hometown. There was other guys who had maybe a little heat when they were younger, but. None of them were. Oh, I could have made it. There was no bitterness. Um, one guy That's in the nice. one guy in the book signed a tryout agreement with Winnipeg during his draft year instead of going into the draft, so that could have hurt him. But yeah. he's not not dwelling on it. But and then there were other guys that were just in the wrong era. So uh, Robbie Forbes, fantastic hockey player, 
Uh, Trizo for the Nova Scotia Oilers in 85. Uh, he's an undersized playmaking center who wears a Jofa and shoots left. Well, the Edmonton Oilers don't need an undersized playmaking center who shoots left. Um, he gets cut. They bring Max Middendorf down to Nova Scotia, old tough guy. Played against Max. There you go. So Robbie, Sudbury needs, Wolves. Robbie needs a spot. Uh, he ends up in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland. He helps the team who lost the Allen Cup the previous year get over the top and win the Allen Cup. He's their leading scorer. He's the hockey hero in Cornerbrook. And Robbie's one of the few guys I could find footage of because they have footage of them winning the Allen Cup and he's playing. And I'm watching him play. He's got the shoulders up when he's skating. His bottom hand's down low on his stick, and he's going to the backhand all the time. And I'm like, man, he looks like his nephew. His nephew's Sidney Crosby. So oh wow, there's these bloodlines in the yeah. book sometimes. Um, the, and the beauty of the guys in the book, um, you guys are hockey guys. They all pay it forward. They all realize, yeah, you know what? Maybe I did have a, just a little bit of an impact. So they, they kind of pay it forward. So, but there was no, there was no bitterness, which, which throughout most of my books, I found very little bitterness, which I liked. That's great. You know, I, I think I remember reading once that like the teams that have success when you're eight to 13 or 14 years old yeah. end up being your lifelong yeah. And for me, growing up in Kelowna, the, we had the Rockets when I was yep. young and watching a really tough team, Scott Parker, Todd Fedorik, Chris Ouellette. Yeah, wow. like, I mean, and good teams. Scott Hannon was there, like Brett McLean. They, they had some, some great players, but tough teams. And that's sort of become a theme for you is that era you watched, you grew up, it was a little violent. Yep. But people loved that aspect and that energy. Yeah. And today you watch the NHL, and it comes through in your commentary in the game that you miss yeah. a bit of that, I don't call it passion or whatever it is. Where's the game at for you in that aspect. Yeah, well, Ken Dryden, I think, famously said, you know, hockey players never look as good and as cool as they did through the eyes of a 10-year-old. Like that, and that yeah. stuck with me. Um, I, I don't need fights. I, I like watching them, but I, I like the game within the game. I like, you know, guys maybe chirping each other. Or I like a game, watching a game within the game. I just don't like water bugs going back and forth. Yeah. And I think teams that succeed are, are, have that on them. They have that edge, that game within the game. So I, I love watching the game now, obviously. The skill is just, just stick, but I think uh, I think young people growing up watching hockey should watch hockey and just not TikTok videos of the guys doing the Michigan. I think yeah. uh, when I watch minor hockey now and I watch a lot of it, and I watch I was at a junior OHL game last week and I've been to a couple OJ games this year. I'm like the skill's awesome, but I don't know if a lot of guys know how to play hockey. Kipper, would you agree with that? Well, listen, uh, just prior to air. When Kenny came in, the first thing he said is, I agree with you, Kipper. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Oh, a little older time hockey here out of Ken. I'm, I'm much older than you. Yeah. But you are, are more on my side than I think JB and Sammy's side. So I feel like a, a little bit of, of a balance here because I wrote an article today. Yeah. Speaking of writing, I wrote an article today talking about great lines yeah. and why isn't like a, a Bertuzzi and Matthews and Marner now a great line. And... um you know, I, I know you have a, a lot of thoughts. I, and I agree with you. I, I, one of my favorite lines, Troche, Bossy, and Gillies yep. uh, in the Islander dynasty. With and what makes did. them great and the, some of the things that you were just talking about. Yeah, the truly great centers in the game for me make everybody else with them better. You could play anybody with Wayne Gretzky. And Dave Lumley will be the first to tell you that. And Dave scored, I think it was 12 straight games in a row playing with Wayne in 81-82. And you can, the, the beauty of Wayne was... Kipper, you know this. You, they could call up anybody from the farm, put them with them, not take away from another line, and that Gretzky line would remain just as good. So everybody always talks about Gretzky Curry, but they don't talk about, talk about all the other guys Gretzky played with. Mm-hmm. Sidney Crosby has the ability to make everybody with him play better. There's so many guys who've played with Sid that he's just turned into really good regular NHLers. Um, Connor McDavid, I thought he found that a little bit in the playoffs last year, making other guys with him better. 
Um, he's getting there, but I think Austin Matthews needs to do that. And as I, I'm with you with that as the sniper role in the center. It's a little little off for me. Yeah, That's fine, but you've got to make the other guys with you better. And that's what the true greats of the game do. Yeah, and, and curious to know, you know, how how it would look, right? Like how Connor McDavid can slow. I guess the idea is he would physically right. have to slow down. Physically has to slow it down. Yeah. Like Wayne, Wayne, Wayne would cross that line. Kipper, you know that. And he just kind of curl off and he'd feather it back. You know, it's just like Jean Beliveau. I'm going way back. But Phil Roberto was on Jean Beliveau's line in Montreal. And Phil Roberto will be the first to tell you, what the hell was I doing there? Well, he ended up assisting on Beliveau's 500th goal. Yeah. Like they just... You can physically slow it down and mentally slow it. Listen, we've we've never our, our game's never been better when it comes to uh, individual kind of right. skill, right? And the all these kids have had uh, their own skill guys since they were seven or eight. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, when you see Jack Hughes or or Mitch Marner or, or Austin or uh, Connor do all of these amazing things, uh, you, you kind of understand where it's coming from. The era that you're talking about was. Never that. It was all about sharing. Yeah. And, you know, the center can't be happy until his wingers are happy. And it has to be the most important thing to that centerman is that I'm going to get my, my wingers involved. I'm going to making plays for them. And the other thing, too, which I find still amazing, is that if you go back and, and, and still talk to the guys today, 30, 40 years later, most of them on big lines were always best friends. Yeah. Like best friends. And they're still mm. best friends. I'm with the Leaf alumni. To watch Daryl and Lanny together still, like that was a good line. That was one of the best Leaf lines in history with Errol Thompson. But they're best friends even today. Well, Clark and right? Trotz. Clark, yeah. Trotz. Oh, they, yeah, right? All... Yeah. They're like family. They're like brothers. So yeah. then take that forward to now and what that looks like. Is there? Do you see that somewhere in the NHL? I don't know if they can. can't do it now with the cap. I you can't. There's too much. Yeah, but I don't even know if the kid's. Like, like really connect with each other. Like, well, you're you're on your phones as soon as you're in the room or on the plane. Or, now you know. we're getting off track. Yeah, and they were, no, I'm dead serious. I'm dead. I'm serious. dead serious too. Yeah. No, no, no. Let me is if I'm a few years younger than you, maybe I don't even know. Yeah. But it, I think it's crazy to say the kids don't connect now. Like that's they, the, if they do, they connect in a different way. For Unless, sure, that's your the case. father-in-law yeah. and, and Bossy and Trache weren't going back and connecting on a group chat after no. during the you know they were they were maybe no, having no. a few belts. They're together. connecting, but they're they're doing yeah. it differently. And I yeah. don't I don't know if it it, it I, gets I, as emotional. I, or I just I just would say connection. that uh, all the skill coaches. I think that's great, but we got to get back to game coaching because you can dangle it uh, from your goal line to the blue line and look awesome, it's going to get there faster in a pass 100% of the time. Yeah. No, it is, it's an interesting thought, too. And I, and I like the idea of trying to establish that chemistry within lines. I think of, like, uh, Marchand and Bergeron. Yeah. Might have been, like, a pair that, okay, that they were together for a long time as a dynamic duo. Yeah. But to me, you know, so if you flip Matthews and Marner and one plays center and the other plays wing, do you like it? Because that, to me, is a line that they have I don't have to watch together. it. I have to watch it. And you got to... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it'd be fun to watch and yeah. find out, though. I just think the best centers are the ones who make everyone else better. Like, if you can just... For sure, but I think that's in yeah. true of all players in all positions. Yeah. No, I don't, the center... The center uh, kind of... He's, he's got the hard more beat. range, Jay. For sure, he's more impactful yeah, throughout the ice. As a left winger, I just yeah. can't... A center can go anywhere he wants and dictates the, the, the flow. Well, our yeah. buddy, old buddy, Mike Krusilniski, what if he was Wayne's center as opposed to Wayne being his center? Would Kruiser have scored 46 goals in 85-86 when the Mariners were winning their fourth <laughs> straight title? <laughs> hey, uh, give us your thoughts on so far in, in, 
short 10 game span best story so far out of canada out of canada vancouver, vancouver canucks or montreal vancouver canucks um yeah vancouver canucks i've been saying you know that that meme it's my favorite meme on on the internet when the, it's the middle-aged guy and he's kind of like he's bewildered <laughs> what that's my reaction to the vancouver canucks yeah. I'm like what they're that good Plus, I love their throwback jerseys the other night when Thatcher Demko looked exactly they, like... They were pretty cool. Yeah, Thatcher Demko looked like Pictou County's very own Troy Gamble from the 91-92 <laughs> season. So, I don't I know if know. you remember that name, Kipper, but yeah. Troy played a few games for the Canucks. And, and you feel there. like uh, with with Calgary struggling, that oh, there's a real uh, window of opportunity now that oh. Vancouver can make the playoffs? Yeah, for sure. Like, Well, you guys know, you can't miss the playoffs. You can't win the Cup in October or November, no. but you can miss yeah. the playoffs. But there's... There's been enough of a sample size out of Vancouver to say yeah. that uh, they shouldn't fall off the face of the earth they now. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. They could. And I heard what you said about Markstrom there uh, on, when I was driving in, letting in the softy. I played on many a team. Yeah. <laughs> in beer league, in midget, in high school, where a goal goes in, you're like, ah, oh, ah, oh, oh. And you're saying, just get it out of our zone. So, I mean, Markstrom was signed as the guy that was going to put Calgary over the top, and that sure hasn't worked out. And I hate to blame a goalie. As a goalie dad... You should never blame the goalie, but man, oh man, it's bad. How was the goalie dad experience? Uh, it's lonely. It's isolating. Yeah. It consists of me putting in headphones for the most part and sitting alone by myself Cheerily. in a corner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I sit quietly. I don't say anything. Was it a, a, a default position or uh, everybody no. has to try it once? No, my buddy, my, my son, my buddy. My son was a, a good player out and he wanted to be a goalie. I said, well, if you can learn to skate. So he learned to skate and... He's one of those kids, when he plays baseball, he wants to be the, the closer. And I'm like, there's no closers in under 10 <laughs> baseball. But he wants to be that. He likes the pressure position, and he's, uh, he likes the glove thing. He's like an old-school goalie. He likes playing Mr. Dress-Up, maybe leaving a little open, you know? That's fun. Like the did, great Donnie Murphy did, number one for the Ficto Mariners back a, in the day. A, a, a baseball catcher? Yeah, he plays catcher, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. center field, it's, it's right? kind of like Catcher, a Catcher, center field, second base. It's with the cool equipment. People look at you a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got a good friend who helps me with the goalie equipment, which is nice because uh, uh, thanks, Paul. Shout out. Because shout out, Warrior. Because that's 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 tough. Yeah. So, But uh, he truly enjoys it. Uh, but, it's yeah, it's a, it's a pressure position for sure. Nice. So what's the end of the tour look like for you in promoting your book? Well, I'm going to be at the Toronto Sports Card Expo next Friday, Saturday, Sunday, signing the books. You must be a celebrity there. Oh, yeah. Well, no, because Ric Flair's going to be there. Oh, boy. Yeah. And then I'll take a check from anyone. Then I'm heading down <laughs> east. Listen to this tour. So I'm a small town guy, as you guys know. Listen to this Hollywood tour. Charlottetown, Picto, Sydney. I'm coming at you. It's like Atlantic Grand Prix wrestling back in the day. So I'm going to be on Charlottetown on the 17th of November at the Charlottetown Islanders game. Picto at the Hectorina, the house that T-built where the Mariners won their titles. For the Northern Subway Selects under 18 game at 4 o'clock. And then the next day I'm going to be at a Cape Breton Eagles game on Sunday uh, where Bruce Campbell, who's a former Eagles coach, He's in the book. Bruce yeah. was like the stud of the New Waterford Jets back in the day. So I'm coming to see you, Bruce, buddy, uh, this in a, in a couple weeks down in Sydney. Summerside, no Doug McLean. You guys can have a book off? Well, no, that was the thing. We were going to have a huge book off, but Doug has closed the highway. He's put a big combine down there. He will not <laughs> let tractor. me come. One tractor. He will not let me come towards Summerside to, 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 uh, to promote my book. And the best part was, so Pinky Gallant, Doug knows all about Pinky. I'm like, yeah. Doug, can I interview you about... I called him. I said, can I interview you for Pinky Stories? He goes, I'm retired. <laughs> he wouldn't do an interview for the book. And we have the same publisher. 
I'm retired. Or sorry, I'm retired. That's how he said it. Oh God. Yeah. You know the beauty of uh, what you just did here. You could do it in baseball. You could yep. do it in soccer. They're yeah. they're never gonna not let you write. Can you you're imagine? You're gonna write till you're a hundred years I old. Know. Could you imagine a Texas high school football book along those lines? There you go. Because. We've all seen Napoleon Dynamite, the older brother. And Back in 82. Yeah, man, every every Texas guy is a local legend. So, yeah, it was it was so much fun to put together, and I'm glad I could give the guys um, who played the game for, for the love of the game and for pureness and for romance, I could give them a little bit of a spotlight and get their stories out there. I was very happy and, with and that. And you've gotten a ton of feedback from them already, right? Yeah, and, the uh, boys have been happy. There's just... a typo in there. I said uh, in one caption, I said a guy's hometown was Wayne, right? It's Claire's home, so apologies, Randy Keller, but we'll get that in printing number two. But uh, the boys are all pretty happy. I got to meet Richie Perot uh, out in Edmonton last weekend. He's in the book. And Troy Murray, who, you know, had a long NHL career, yeah. he, um, he tells me all about Richie in the book. And, and Richie was uh, pretty happy to know that he could make an impact on a guy who went on to the NHL. So you, you never know. When you're playing out there in your beer leagues, or your senior leagues, guys, and I know a lot of you are still plugging away, you never know who's watching. And can you do me a favor tonight uh, yeah. with Ivanka and just do the show with what you're wearing oh, tonight? No, no undershirt, though. Just, just the that's jacket. It. Well, the problem just is... look if, like that. If I don't have an undershirt on, I can only get her button right about there. <laughs> so, I don't know. And why did Troy get number double zero? It's, for the Pictomare, it should have been point zero eight Because that's, that's, that's <laughs> what most of the fans were out watching. Double zero is uh, the... Uh, toilet in Europe. Is that what they call it? The double zero? Oh, yeah, it's just double zero. Troy was a good hockey player, too. He <laughs> played uh, he played triple image and played for Mount Allison. There you go. There you go. God, there I, you go. I, I, I can smell the gum when oh, I read yeah. That's uh, good. Opeachy. Well, well, it's funny because one of the guys uh, lent me his sweater to do it, David Dort, who was number seven. So I've been wearing that, that, uh, that sweater, too. And I go, David, this smells good. He goes, yeah. I go, how long did it take you to get the cannabis... Cigarettes and alcohol smell off this. He's like, about seven watching. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we really appreciate your time. Thanks and, for the vine, uh, boys. All, all the best it. with the book and the tour. Thank you. And Thank you. Uh, it'll make a great uh, stocking stuffer. I hope it does. And can you believe we're three authors? At least you guys look like authors. I look like a Picto Mariner back You look great. Congrats, Ken. Thanks, awesome. boys. Appreciate it. All right, it. Ken Reed. Here we go. Pucks in deep. Sportsnet Central, author of a, the whole... The, all new hometown hockey heroes. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be back with a little bit more of Real Kipper and Bourne. I got a better model for the cover. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL, the JD Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. Ken likes to tell stories. Love He's it. perfect. Yes. Yeah. As an author. The, tea, yes. the teapot picture he showed us on the left is. The guy's got the just the exact duster you expect. You know, the, <laughs> the sunglasses. The, yeah, the fishing, the gas station sunglasses and the fishing bucket. The, I love it. The lobster fish and burn, as, <laughs> as yeah. Kenny said on the way out. SPF none. <laughs> yeah, SPF zero. We're getting uh, ready for a big night in the National Hockey League, including the Toronto Maple Leafs and uh, Boston Bruins. Uh, JB and I will be working our first game together. Before we do it's that regular exhibition. season. Let's do some game time before we get into that. Ah. Okay? You go. You're the producer. I'm just yeah, that's, a, that's nobody I'm, around here. Oh, yeah, right there, Mr. $10,000 suit. All right. <laughs> game time presented by Bet365. 
Visit, uh, visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus, Ontario only, play responsibly. So I was looking at the Leafs game tonight, and if you think this is them sticking to their uh, their trend, their trademark, yes, as their coach said, of bouncing back after bad games, uh, a little same game parlay, a Matthews goal, Marner assist, and a win is plus 250. Matthews has nine goals in 15 games against the Bruins, and Marner has 31 points in 20 games against the Boston Bruins. Wow. He owns the Bruins. There you go. So a little bit of I, – I looked at that number. I knew he was good against them, but he really does have a history of lighting them up. He scored his first career goal against Tukarask, I believe. Like, he really has a good history against the Bruins. You expecting a big one out of them tonight? Uh, yes, I do. I, I, I expect a big one out of uh, everybody. Yeah. From the Leafs, uh, just I expect you can't let of Yarn Croc tonight. Yes, even Yarn Croc. Even Yarn Croc. He does a great job if you and the big boys rest. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll get you. it on the forecheck, boys. Yeah. Let's see if I can get this back for you. The next one I had is so. This is going to upset our Vancouver market. Well, don't do that. Because I, you know me, I, I talked about them yesterday glowingly. I loved them. Said Quinn Hughes is one of the best three defensemen in the league. Ooh, can I get my Quinn Hughes stat at yes. some point in this? No, do it right now. It's uh, not going to help puck my... Puck possession <laughs> time by players in the NHL right now. Yeah. Um, at, at even strength. The number two guy in the league is Darlene on Buffalo. He's had it for yeah. 16 minutes and change. Yeah. Uh, Quinn Hughes has four more minutes than that. Wow. Over 20 minutes of puck possession time so far. Not even 10 games. He's just had the puck. He's had year. the puck on his stick for 20 minutes in the Imagine NHL. That. Yeah. That's insane. So and, they go against San Jose tonight. Yeah. This is not going to be one of those games where you just shake your head going... Listen, that's exactly what I'm going to I just sounded like John Cooper there. Listen, but yeah. the Sharks are stinky poo. They are very bad. <laughs> yeah. But at some point, they are playing in the National Hockey League. They are going to win. They're almost 2-1 to one favorite tonight. I'm sorry, 2-1 to one underdog tonight. To me, there's been a ton of smoke blowing up the butt of the Vancouver Canucks. I'm not saying do it, but just at some point they're going to win. And the Canucks are on the road. I want them to win the Canucks. Maybe we'll have talk it on the show tomorrow. Oh, but, quit apologizing. But I do think there's Are a we chance. Are talk? Maybe. We're, we're, we're working on All it. All we want to do is heap praise yes. on the man. But I just think that there's a chance that the Canucks slip a little bit tonight and the Sharks get their first win of the season. Well, there's a lot of games tonight. Um, I think there's a dozen games in the NHL, if I'm not mistaken. But there's a lot of it where you can see things, you know, starting to get straightened out. Like the Hurricanes are 6-4, and four, the Rangers are 7-2. The Canes are going to win that division at some point for mm-hmm. me. There's some turnarounds coming, I think. So, And the last one I had here was the Islanders and uh, the Washington Capitals play tonight. Ovechkin, 42 goals in 67 career games against the Islanders. I think that's his second highest total. I think he has 50 against the Lightning, 42 against the Isles. Like a goal from Ovi tonight. All he's right. only got two in the year. If he's going to break this record, he's got to start shooting a few more in the net. So give me an Ovi goal tonight. And that was Game Time, presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19+, plus. Ontario only, play responsibly. And while we're doing odds, I can tell you there's a 100% chance my wife texted me to say, Sammy's hair looks great. I love it. She did? She did. Oh, yeah. So I just want to pass that on. Don't yes. listen to Kip. She's not very busy today, is she? <laughs> no, she's homesick. <laughs> I have to say, I feel way better. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. feel way better. Just feel off like a your neck bucks. a little bit? Yeah. yeah. There's a mop. It's a lot of hair. for it. Myself. When Anna cut it today, she was like, oh, my God, that's all coming off of me. Like, yeah, it's yeah. a lot of hair. Anyways. <laughs>
All right. Continue. Looking like teapot. Uh, just <laughs> want to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, the Ottawa Senators and kind of that ripple effect of uh, Michael Anlauer. And yeah. some people absolutely love uh, what he said and uh, appreciated his uh, openness and showed some friction towards the National Hockey League, which, you know, some people think maybe that was a good thing or maybe not a good thing. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends because I know we briefly had this chat before and and I'll just say that I think it's great and I think he spent a lot of money on a franchise and I think he is one of Gary's bosses now and all we ever talk about is how Gary is the best at doing right and getting money for his bosses. You did not seem as enthusiastic as I was. Yeah, listen, uh, I I was caught off guard a little bit when he brought in uh, a possible reason why the thought of losing a first rounder was never mentioned in the purchase price. And then there's some yeah. people that are writing today and said it's like buying a house and uh, finding it out that, uh, that there's a know, termite yes, infection. Exactly. Something, a couple fi- leaks in the basement. Yeah. Something. Yeah. And, you know, I talked to an executive today and uh, I've, I've asked a few people like, like, where do you value a first rounder? And, you know, come trade deadline, it's worth millions. Right. And, you know, uh, someone mentioned to me today that uh, Tampa Bay actually put an evaluation uh, back in probably uh, 2007, 2008 with Sam Kosen Hedman. And back then in 2008, I think they valued Stamp Coast at about 14, 15 million dollars to the organization. And Hedman per year, just 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 added money, just added money added. Right. Just. What's your team worth, and what are your, what's your team worth with Stamkos and Hedman? Yeah. And between the two, it probably meant $25, 30000000 dollars to the organization. And those are top picks. We know that, and yeah. we know once you get past ten, fifteen, twenty, the price drops. Yeah. But it's still not small change. And here we are in two thousand twenty-three, and if you factor in Stephen Stamkos and Hedman today. And there's no way to put a, a number on each person, but you put the you put the valuation on the fact that uh, they they've won them, uh, yeah. uh, how, how many uh, conference finals? Yeah, I don't know, I've been uh, to the final. They've been to the final four, four times. Four, four finals, two cups, because they went against the Blackhawks in okay, yeah. 2013 or 2014. I so, want to say that was so four finals, yeah. two cups, and now where do you put their evaluation? Boy, if you rank the players, yeah, and we'd put Stamkos at the very top. And some people think that Stamkos has meant, you know, a hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred million. If if Tampa Bay is worth one point four million dollars, billion, yep. what what's that off the backs of a Steven Stamkos? Yeah, hundred percent. That success, the winning, the jersey so sales, that, the notoriety, the brand recognition. Th- that's why exactly. Yeah. That's why you're you're going uh, a first rounder. Yeah, like who knows picked up some pretty good players in 25 or 26 overall yeah the further we've gotten away from this and like i listened to the clips i was watching uh with kenny lies i was watching some of the clips and hearing it again i liked a lot of what he said yeah and it does feel pretty dirty to me if, the, if what he's saying on the up and up that yeah, he, you know like, that they were kind of telling him it's no big real, deal he's got a real beef like yeah. i would be equally as pissed off as he was yesterday but i can also see the other side how the league's probably not thrilled that he went out and had that tone of a press conference. Okay. Yeah. The, the other conversation today to be had is if, in fact, 
there was any chance that in a year or two you can pull off a Lou Lamorello with the New Jersey Devils way back and get that first rounder dropped yeah. to a second or a pick between 25 and 35. If there was a chance, did Ann Lauer blow it with his press conference yesterday? Mm. I mean, did, did he blow it or did he encourage I, I, it? I don't think it helped, yeah. in, all, in all honesty. Uh, when he yeah, you know, I, suggested I know- that it was... Uh, a money issue. You 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 wanted me to pay top dollar, and you you didn't come clean. I also know that it's not popular with a lot of people that the punishment is harsher than the Blackhawks received in the wake of their sexual scan- abuse scandal. You know that yeah. that's another public yeah, consideration yeah. where it's like, what are we valuing and how here? Um, so yeah, I'd say the league uh, is in a bit of a tough spot, and yeah, you'd like to curious what conversations are happening behind the scenes about what that will look like in the end. Yeah. Yeah, but but here's the last but for Ann Lauer is uh, Ottawa's always been this organization that's kind of gotten kicked around a little bit. It was kind of nice for them yeah. to have a guy stand up for them. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah, someone dig right? in and a said, little Listen, bit. Listen, those days are over. We're not punching bags anymore, and we're trying to beat the guys down the street uh, that uh, that their franchise is worth ten billion or. 12, whatever you want to number you want to yeah. attach. And then I got the Montreal Canadiens here. Yeah. If I'm a Sens fan watching that press conference, I'm like beating my chest, like ready to run <laughs> to a brick go. wall. Like, how do you not feel fired up about a guy that's that passionate about your franchise already and willing to just like put his, you know what, on the table in front of the league saying that stuff? Like, I'd be really fired up if I was a Sens fan. It's funny that. how quickly he went from, uh, you know, we were at fault. We did wrong, do whatever. And then he got through the prepared remarks and got one question. It was like, this sucks. Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> They're wrong. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, they got a big one tonight. They got the Kings coming in, who we saw what they did yeah, to Toronto. Another so good test. Big test for them. All right. Carter Hart leaves the game after a weird collision with Akpozo. Uh, it didn't yeah. look like much at all. He left the game. I don't know. I hate when goalies get fallen on. And it just it didn't look good for the the. the the is it the bloom is off the rose? Is that a saying? Yes, it is. The bloom is off off the rose for the for the uh, old flyers. By the way, my boy uh, Opozo, a former teammate of mine, uh, was also the one that hit Macar two games ago. Oh my god, <laughs> he's just running through through whatever it was. So, he's yeah. running through the league. Yeah. Well, that's you know for Philly, their start has been largely positive. So hopefully he's not uh, hurt and they get him back in short order. Yeah. Uh, Anaheim turned the corner a little bit when you kind of suck. For a very long time, eventually your your picks start kind of helping you out a little bit. How long have they sucked for, though? I'm trying to think. It's been two Sometime. or three years? I don't know. Yeah, it, it seemed like a while. You know, they went through this once, though, where it was like, look out for, here comes Sam Steele and Max Jones and Silverberg and whatever, and you felt like Anaheim was supposed to be turning it around. So there's one thing to get relevant again, and maybe it's possible that they're in that group now that's more relevant than people thought, but... I'm still going to – I'm holding out on, on buying any stock there. Yeah. Calgary Flames last night. Your game last night yep. on the network. And good effort, right? Better. Great effort. Lost their sixth game in a row, though. Sixth? Yeah. Ooh. In regulation, I think, too, right? Yeah. So, right now, statistically, uh, I had a, a stat last night. If you are four points or more out of a playoff spot on November 1st, Going back to 2005, 2006, you have an 11% chance of making playoffs. 
Eight teams have done it of 71 teams who have been in that predicament. The, um, the Flames are there now. They are, let's see here, they are four points exactly out of a playoff spot at this point right now. Is there any hope no. at 2-7-1? and one? Can you bury a team 10 games into the season for making uh, the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't like their chances of digging themselves out of this. I, I, I don't. But there's just no way that you can bail or give the impression that you're you're giving up on the season this early. You can't. They were so good last night. Like you guys know, Dallas is a good team. We talked about them a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Flames, great first period. I told you guys, Markstrom lets in a weak one the second period. They get in their heels. They go down four two. They give up a goal in the final minute in both the first and the Was second. It- Connor Zary's first NHL game. Was it the Jamie Benn shorthanded there where Rasmus Anderson was waving someone uh, to Rupe come on? Hintz, yeah, went down and picked yeah, up the puck. That was bad. On Anderson's part? Yes, or whoever's or on the, ben- the bench. And, the bench yeah. and Anderson. Yeah. And then he decides not to come off. And I, I guess I, I understand he's tired, but you still half-assed it. Got to defend that pass. Got to defend that. Yeah. It was just way too easy. And Markstrom makes a bad read going out to play it, and then he doesn't see the guy coming on the back door. Like, you're, you're as a goal, you're responsible a bit for that pass. So that was bad. And you, know, and they you didn't a, like the Robertson either? Didn't like the Robertson one at all. So, yeah, they, they lose that period. And then all of a sudden, the third period, they're the best team in the NHL. They came out with an unbelievable effort. Connor Zary was everywhere. And it's just not enough. You know, like he provided some offensive spark they didn't have. But I gotta tell you, I watched Huberto really close last night. Very interested to, to see what he could bring. He doesn't even want the hockey puck. Like he does not want to be involved. It's just, it is not working. Every decision he's making is the wrong one. I mean, we've all gone through that as players where you have stretches, but he couldn't do a thing right. He was on the bench when it was six on five flames and Connor Zary was on the ice in his first NHL game. That's where Huberto's at. Boy. I have no idea. 10.5 million. Craig Conroy does now with with this guy. You play him every night. You play your way out, I guess. What what are you supposed to do? No, but long term, it doesn't. I I don't know if there's a happy ending here for him in Calgary. I would agree with that. I heard someone. So my point, what do you do besides keep playing and keep losing? That's it. I think that's just kind of where they're at as a franchise. Like they had a little window here. The all the really good guys have kind of left, and their their transition, I guess, with these two top guys with Kadri and him on these long term contracts, that they misread their window a little bit, and now they're just kind of stuck in this. He is under contract until twenty thirty one, at ten and a half million dollars per. He had fifty five points last year. I mean, what are the odds he finishes this contract? Like 30% without it being bought out or something? I'm sorry, did you say the season? <laughs> you think they could do something this year? No, they can't. They can't. I, I think this was doomed right from the start. I think, and this is just me talking to you guys my perception i'm a body language guy i'm a yeah, yeah you know all of that i just think he is still shell-shocked he got traded from florida yeah i don't i i don't, I don't even think he's he's gotten over that 
Just while he was spinning right. around trying to figure it out, he signed a billion dollar contract. I mean, how do you not sign that? Contract? Yeah, you put it in front of you, yeah, you or you might end up like Klingberg. Yes, you, you, you've been going to the games in your Lamborghini and palm Flip, trees, flip flops, baby, 115 flip. points, heart trophy and votes. Going, yeah, exactly. 115 points. You're the man. Him, you and Barkov, and then behind your back, Zito and the boys are going soft. Don't like him. Don't like him. Don't hey. think we can win. We can't get. We can't beat Tampa Bay. We got to go get Kachuk. I got to tell you. What a trade. If there is any hockey men who deserve some applause, it's them seeing it in a guy who had the points, knowing what other people didn't know necessarily, and saying, we don't want to be the team to give him yeah. $80 million. And then you got Brad Tree Living and the whole organization just spinning their tires right now, going, what are we going to do? And then you sign him. And not only do you sign him, but you sign him to whatever they asked for. There, and I, you and I have had this before, but you got to do it, don't you? No, have, you don't. No, you don't. How do you, you give up Matthew Kachuk and then you let a guy walk that you traded for? You just let it a little bit. You let it happen Listen, for a couple of uh, weeks. You, you got to get out of the mentality that losing someone is the worst thing. It's not because... There's value in opening up space of $10 million that you can buy someone else. Well, then, in that case, I agree with you. In that case, you don't trade for Huberto. You trade for picks and prospects. Take the cap space and then get a bunch of futures. Yes. Yes. You know? A hundred percent. You're in a much better position. you still could have told people, I've got... Huberto, I'll I'll flip him again, right? There, there's still True. value in him if you wanted to flip him right away. He's a 115-point guy. No, we don't expect him to ever have 115 points, but, you know, he's 90 all day long, which everybody still predicted he'd get this year. But sure. it's just, is it, I, I don't think he he's still over being traded to Calgary from Florida, and I don't think he ever will. Well, now you're in a highly scrutinized market, and it's not going well. Tough spot. And so to your point about the Flames, it's like if Lindholm's not going to sign and Hannafin's not going to sign yeah, and uh, you're not making the playoffs. It's okay. How long do you wait? It's okay. It's all right. Let them go. And open up your space and go shopping. I feel like Kip is just talking me through a breakup. It's like, it's okay. But open up your space. <laughs> go shopping. Yeah. You know, just That's right. find yourself again. And, and, and no one says you have to do – that stupid program of Chicago's where you lose like on purpose on and you be the worst team or what we're Those watching from San be Jose. Cause all you're going to do is isolate your, they got back up my favorite team. One of the best players in the NHL. So I would disagree with that thought. I, has anyone ever executed it as well as the Leafs did? No. You're just going to no. bottom out one year. See you later. Playoffs next year. Yeah. Well, they were bad for a few years. Was it, was it not that quick? Calgary doesn't quick. have to sink that yeah, low is, is my point. Yes. Right. Get your point. They don't. And, They've got some guys here that they could really, re- even though they're UFAs, they could really reset their picks and, and prospect pool with some trades. Like, is Elias Lindholm going to sign there long-term? We read that story from from Eric Francis about how everything's paused. No. He also doesn't look very good. But Hannafin is a, as even on a UFA deal, Tanev, Zadorov, like all those guys are first-round pick type of guys at the deadline, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Like all those guys. They, they have their... F- First four rounders. Yeah. Oh, there's, they're, they're already year. talking. Uh, they're already 
know which teams are interested in Tanev, which, yeah. which includes Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. For sure. How could uh, they not be? I mean, is he not the solution to losing he's, Justin Hall? You get a guy who kills guy penalties, and uh, if he can stay on the ice, you know, he's, he is pretty but, injury prone. But I don't think you can. You can't give that perception that you're ready to do that now, or in a but week we or two. But we are here in Toronto. But why not? Uh, just it's a long season, and you got to have people come to the rink yeah, and be excited, so. and yeah, uh, season ticket holders after all, popcorn I guess. and yeah. beer, and well, they're trying to get a new rink or have a new rink that's supposed to be completed at some point in Calgary. So yeah, I hope be, that gets done. You know, you would like to be really good then. And you know, they have some good young players. This Coronado. I like him. Zari is exciting for them. They like Walker Dewar. It's like, you know, they, there's some young guys. So yeah. It, Coronado was on fire coming out of training camp. Yeah. They, they have oh, my, uh, my son, Andrew Madrapani. Love him. By the way, all the stats say that, like, the line he's on for the Flames is the good line every time. He's so good. Yeah. I love Manjapani. Coronado's a Long Island guy. He's from the same town as my, my wife's family. Greenlawn, born in Huntington, like myself, so rooting for Coronado. Go Matthew Coronado. Love that. Yeah. Right. Montreal and Arizona tonight. Uh, Montreal, nobody really talks about Montreal. They just keep winning. <laughs> They're, are they better than the Leafs right oh, yeah. now? Yeah. For sure. No question there. You know who looks really good there is Sean Monaghan. Speaking of <laughs> Calgary Flames. They got, Calgary's got to watch Toffoli <laughs> yeah. for the Devils. Monaghan. Watch Monaghan turn his career around. Going to the cup final. I just need to win the heart. But. God. Tough times. Bit of a beatdown in Cowtown. Yeah. 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 All but of a sudden, he looks had, like had the Cowboys a, will feel better. Yeah. Maybe. A, will you? Yeah. I felt pretty bad leaving there a couple times. <laughs> a, higher, a higher pick if they want to float. Sean Monahan out towards the trade deadline. Wow. I mean, I guess you're already thinking about that sort of thing. What's he on? A one-year deal? Another one-year deal? I think. I would imagine. What did he get, Sammy, this year? I'm looking it up right now. Hold tight. I'm gonna beat this you is a guy where a lot of people thought his career was over with a, a groin injury. He's making 1.985. So 2 million that they cleverly tucked under just for the appeal of whoever you're selling him to probably. 1.985. Does that work like a house? Yeah, 1.99. I'm not going two. <laughs> yeah. I won't spend two. Yeah. But 1.9. Yeah. That's how we're good. talking. Yeah, I think he'd probably be a guy that would have value to a contender. But it, it's nice for them like just to be healthy. It's nice to them. Dallas and Edmonton. Is, Oilers are beating if, Dallas tonight. Do if, you guys know uh, that? Yeah. It's happening. The feeling, or at least the, the narrative, was that the outdoor game got us back to what we expect. So this would. This would be a good time to follow that up then against the Dallas Stars. Yeah. You know, we... Dallas is pretty heavy underdogs tonight. A little value there. They're underdogs? Yeah. I think they're plus 145, maybe. Plus 145. So. The Oilers are 2-5-1 and yeah, one or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Okay. Vegas buys into the... Uh, Oilers are coming. The Oilers are coming back, but I like that I like that Stars team. Ottinger, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty darn good. I mean, there's a lot to like in Dallas. That that hints is six four. He's fast, a mule. Scores forty goals. He's unbelievable. Robertson obviously scores a ton. They have some really good players there. Heiskanen. Excuse me. Oh, I joked up about. I died. Heiskanen. I think so uh, they might have to tweak something at the trade deadline too. I don't know Dallas. if they have enough, but I don't think they do either. People love Pavelski, but you know he really slowed down. Last season, towards the end, like uh, you know, Ben and Sagan are great, but these guys are not A class contributors at this point. Maybe Ben is, but so you guys uh, 
really excited for your uh, regional debut tonight. Yeah. Yeah, we're just hoping David Amber and Elliot Friedman don't slow JB and I down. Well, I mean, you guys, you, know? just, you guys just talked to each other for two hours. What well, are you going to say on the show? And the plan is basically just for Kip and I and David and Elliot to talk to each other. Oh, That's pretty okay. much the plan. So. Oh, okay. Now, That's will good. you be wearing a suit tonight or going is with this, the Wimble, Wimbledon look? Is this something dressed? <laughs> all whites. Well, I think this, your jacket over this sweater I was would look say. really nice. No, yes, I will be. Oh, okay, no shirt and tie tonight? Shirt and tie, we got... Kip and I got to get across the the building. Got to get makeup. I got to get a suit on. So I haven't done this like in a couple of years. Is there like still the buffet out there? Yeah, it's shrimp and lobster, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere you go around here. Yeah, yeah listen, I'll, I'll be in the massage chair while you're getting your makeup. Pizza it's in my contract. <laughs> shrimp and lobster yeah. before every game. Well, uh, you know, more power to you if you can get it. I love it. All right. We're going to have fun tonight. Big game, big night. You know what? This We don't know if the Leafs are good yet, so good test for them. All Love right. It. Our thanks to Andy Brickley. Uh, terrific job with the Boston Bruins. And Ken Reed, host of Sportsnet Central and the author of his all-new book, Hometown Hockey Heroes. Teapot, baby. Teapot. <laughs> yeah, shout out Teapot. Should we get him on the show? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Derek, to get the mute button on that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And as, al as always, you know where to find us. We are The Real Kipper and Born Show.